Hello everybody, you listen to J Movie Talk episode 284 as I'll be talking the movie Rush Hour. If you want the girl back alive, listen and do not talk. The drop will be made tonight, 11 p.m. The amount will be 50 million dollars. 50 million dollars? And who do you think you kidnapped, Chelsea Clinton? Detective James Carter loved his job just a little too much you destroyed half a city block that block was already messed up and you lost a lot of evidence you still got a little bit left but the job got a little too dangerous you have 29 minutes left i got everything under control Papa. i want to speak with my daughter i was about to get his daughter back and you screwed it up i would like one of my people to help now it's time to bring in the master please tell me you speak english do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I don't want no partner, I don't need no partner, and I ain't gonna never have no partner. Did Kojak have a partner? Yeah, the fat guy. Did Columbo have a partner? Look. No, 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 no. You put your own bag in the back. I'm not a sky cat. Ah, bitch boy. Oh, hell no. Don't you ever touch a black man's radio, boy. Yeah. <laughs> They're two cops with nothing in common. Do it again. Like this. Except the case. Hello. You have one more chance. They can't walk away from. Agent Carter is a very passionate about finding your daughter. Damn! Get up and step. Go up with your hands up if you got the feeling. Jump up the ceiling. Jump around. Jump around. Which one of y'all kicked me? From New Line Cinema. The fastest hands in the East meet the biggest mouth in the West. Just received a threat on the building. We ask you, please exit the building. Do not panic. Do you hear what I just said? Get the hell out of here. There's a bomb in the building. Jackie Chan. I can't hold that anymore. Just hang on, man. I'll be right back. Chris Tucker. FBI. Take a picture. It's okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Rush Hour. We can hang my crib. I will show you my hood. What the hell did you just say? Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am back. Uh, took a little ex- little hiatus, little break, a little almost a month um, between uh, 283 and 284. But I'm good to be back, good to be behind the microphone, getting ready for May Action Month, a.k.a. Jackie Chan Month on the podcast. So every movie that I'm going to be doing this month will be starring Jackie Chan. And I decided to kick off May Action Month with a movie that I have not seen from beginning to end in a really long time. And I'm talking about 1998's Rush Hour, which starred Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Um, It is probably one of the best buddy cop movies and it's a legit buddy cop movie because both of our main characters in this movie are actual cops one from hong kong the other from los angeles but they are at least both cops um so getting into talking about the cast for a second so of course you have jackie chan and chris tucker um as lee and carter um, you have Ken Long as Sang, Tom Wilkerson as Griffin slash Juntao. Um, and then uh, also, too, you have Chris 
Chris Penn, uh, aka Sean Penn's younger brother, is Clive. Um, also in this, as well as uh, Elizabeth Pena as Johnson, uh, Mark Ralston as Agent Russ. Um, and those are, I mean, those are pretty much your main cast of characters. Uh, it's funny in this movie too. If for anyone who's probably seen like a lot of Jackie Chan movies, you'll see quite a few people that have shown up throughout the years in supporting roles, either as a, you know, as a goon or something in a Jackie Chan movie. Uh, they kind of show up randomly in this movie. So, but like I said, they don't have any like character names. They just like, if you know, you know these people, but just by faces, you've seen them in like Jackie Chan movies before he came to the United States and everything. Um, so movies directed by Brett Ratner. Not gonna really talk about him because if you know anything about Brett Ratner, I'm not gonna waste my breath talking about. It. But he was he was the director for these Rush Hour movies. So getting into talking about the movie, um, movie. Well, I will say this before I actually start talking about the movie. Um, why Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker make a great duo in this movie is because they are complete opposites, but they have great chemistry together. And I don't know if they realized like why they were making the movie, like they had great chemistry, or you know, after the movie came out, it's like damn, yeah, they really, they really are great together, and that's how you got two rush hour sequels after this move but they work um and everything they just click and both are funny in different ways of course chris tucker is the loud mouth and just the fast talker and jackie chan he has physical comedy he has actual comedy comedy and i don't think jackie chan actually gets talked about enough for his actual like comedic timing um when it comes to certain stuff yeah he has the physical comedy stuff that he does like because i always refer to him as the the uh martial artist version of charlie chaplin because that's kind of how he was and you know what the way he could do stuff and make it comical all at the same time um when he's fighting so the movie starts off in hong kong where we see uh inspector lee Detective Inspector Lee um, is trying to basically he's been on the trail of this uh, infamous unseen Juntao. They don't ever specify like how long he's been on trail, but he's been like Juntao is like big over in Hong Kong. And Lee has been like on the trail to trying to figure out exactly who he is and, you know, bringing him down. So Lee is um, basically about to arrest uh Juntao's right hand man Sang and things kind of go awry and Sang ends up escaping. So Lee is, is furious because he's like, damn, I let his I let his number one man get away again, type of thing. So um we see where uh his friend uh Consul Han is basically having his last night in Hong Kong because him, him and his daughter Su Young is going to be moving to Los Angeles and they having a big party for him and everything and Lee he shows up and you know the, he kind of greets his friend like yeah I'm gonna miss you and everything it's too bad I couldn't get Juntao for you you know as you're going away president and everything and we got to get to see like yeah they have like a real friendship um Lee and Su Young you know they have a, a, a good relationship and everything like that so 
movie transitions from Hong Kong to America where we see Carter who's undercover and he's meeting up with Clive and they are doing this deal with with some C4 in this uh, parking lot. And while they're talking and everything, these two uh, police officers pull up because there's like a food place like right there. And they witness this deal going down. So they kind of intervene trying to hem him up and everything. And Carter, he's like, man, y'all get the hell out of here. Like, like, y'all, like leave and everything. So Carter kind of has to break his undercover thing because he basically knocks out Clive to stop them from sh- basically arresting them or Clive even shooting the cops because it kind of turned to a standoff. But Clive end up getting up. He shoots the two cops and he takes off in the car. Carter starts shooting after him. He's like, hey, man, like you realize it's C4 in this, you know, this car. So Clive, he dives out of the car. Carter still shooting at the car. The car blows up, causes a whole bunch of damage on the street and everything. And that's how uh, pretty much we're introduced to Lee and Carter in two different ways. One, he's upset that he let his guy get away. Carter's out there acting a damn fool in the street, causing explosions with C4 all in, in the street and everything. So we see like the different styles that they have when it comes to their policing right off the bat. Um, so we are in America with, uh, well, well, I should say we're in Los Angeles with, um, with Sue Young, who's being driven. I guess she's going to school or she's coming back from school. They never specified like where exactly she's going, but, um, while she's in the back seat, she's singing a Mariah Carey song. It's probably one of like the, one of the funniest scenes. Cause here's this little, you know, um, Asian girl that's singing this song and she knows all the words too. So they, and, and it's funny, like her driver's like, Oh my God, we got to hear this and everything. So they end up stopping at a light. And while they stop at the light, uh, Young gets kidnapped. Uh, well, the two drivers get killed and Young gets kidnapped by saying, and that's where that's where things starts to kind of fall into place because Han he finds out about it. Um, the FBI shows up and basically tells him what's going on. So they're taking over the whole thing. Um, and he's like, "Look, I want to bring in one of my, you know, my my top guy, you know, and everything like that." And they're like, "No, I think we can handle this. We, you know, we 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 don't need any help. We're the FBI, you know, that type of thing. Like when they show how the FBI is in most movies and stuff." So, um, so basically Carter, he ends up getting roped into having to deal with Lee because they're acting as if Lee is going to be in the way. Lee don't know nothing. And it's in a, in a, it, I should, well, in a roundabout rate, it is kind of racist because they're like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's Asian, you know, what, what, he's Hong, he's from Hong Kong. What the hell would he know? He don't know nothing because he's. Asian type of thing. It's not said, but that's how it kind of comes across. So Lee is not Lee. Uh, Carter, he gets roped into having to. He's thinking that, oh, he going to be involved with the big case with the kidnapper little girl. But when he finds out from Agent Russ is that his assignment is basically to distract um, Lee from getting anywhere involved with the case because Han, he had called Lee and told him, look, I need you over here. My daughter has been kidnapped. You're the only person I trust. I need you to come deal with this. You know, come help me out. So, of course, Lee was going to come help his best friend like that. So, yeah, the FBI basically uses Carter to, like, nah, keep him 
keep him occupied over here while we handling, you know, the grown man business over here. Which, of course, Carter is pissed about because he had been trying to join the FBI for a long time. And it's, it's funny how he even brings up like, man, y'all take a long time processing the application. And then when he find out that what his, you know, G14 classified assignment is basically, basically to babysit Lee and he's furious about it, which he rightfully so has to be like that. So Lee arrives in Hong, he, he arrives in Los Angeles and Carter is furious because he assumes that Lee doesn't know how to speak English. So they driving around and everything like that. And we start to kind of realize that, okay, Lee wants to, you know, he wants to get on his case. And Carter is like, no, man, I can't do that and everything like that because the FBI and everything. But then he starts to kind of, they kind of start to slowly put the pieces together. Like, all right, Lee knows this girl. He has a picture of her and everything. But Carter isn't really like trying to, he doesn't really want to work with Lee because they end up uh, going to see uh, Luke, uh, who is played by Clifton Powell in a cameo appearance and basically gets into this whole thing just to get Lee out of the room. He pretends like he about to arrest uh, Luke, but then come to find out when Carter, I mean, when Lee leaves out of the room that uh, Carter and Luke are actually cousins and, and all this type of stuff. Like, yeah, man, I'm just schooling this rookie and everything like that. So it's like even Carter is kind of brushing off Lee um, to a degree. Um, And while they're in the back talking, Lee gets into a fight with the bartender and a couple of dudes because when they first walk in there, Carter tells him, like, look, do what I do. You know, act, like basically act like me, do what I do. So Carter comes in there talking about what's up, my N-word. And so thinking that's cool, you know, and everything. So when, when Lee go back out and is at the, at the bar, he says the N word to the bartender, bartender rightfully gets pissed. And this day, you know, get a whole dog on fight to a James Brown song. And, uh, Lee ends up beating the hell out of these dude. So after that kind of happened, Lee is kind of getting tired of Carter because Carter's just talking, you know, and just annoying him. And his his whole thing is like, look, I came here to solve this case. I don't want to deal with you, but <clears throat> so so Lee ends up getting away from Carter, um, and everything. Um, uh, and we get this whole chase, you know, with with a double decker bus and Lee Lee showing off his skills and well, just to say Jackie Chan showing off his skills that he can still move around and everything. Because I think at this point. Jackie Chan should be like in his uh like mid forties at that point, so he's you know showing off like yeah he still flips and you know jumping around and all this type of stuff, and he kind of ditches uh Carter and everything, but Carter ends up catching up to him, and when he catches up to him and everything, he ends up handcuffing him to the uh steering wheel, and he goes inside to go get something to eat. He comes back out. Lee is gone. So Carter's pissed and, and his steering wheel is gone. So Lee ends up going to the consul's house. And when he comes up, he's asking about, he wants to see the consul. And then he asks him about Su Young. Naturally, for whatever reason, these FBI dudes, they don't say, okay, well, who exactly are you? They t- quickly put your hands up. So of course, um, Lee ends up fighting. He literally has to fight his way inside. 
and everything. He ends up getting inside, and this is where it's all basically known at this point that Han, this is Han's friend, Detective Inspector Lee, that was called in, and Russ is furious, like, what the hell is Carter? So Carter come pulling up with in a tow truck and everything. He fussing because he had to get towed there and everything, and when he gets inside, you know, it's kind of funny how Lee and Carter, even though they're not really at this point, they're still not really working together, but they kind of are working together because they kind of put Agent Russ on blast as far as, okay, what exactly? Um, why, why would you tell uh, Consul Hawn what exactly is my G14, you know, classified information, you know, assignment and everything? <laughs> it's like Russ is, he's kind of pissed and everything. So he's like, I talked to you over here for a second. So Carter goes to walk away and goes about to make a phone call right when he's about to pick. When he picks up the phone, the phone rings. So when he picks it up, it's Sang on the phone and Sang is calling about a, about a ransom for Su Young. And this is how Carter somewhat kind of gets in more in the forefront of the case a little bit um, and everything. And Sang is basically making demands of like how he wants the bills and everything. So. He demands, you know, he's like, okay, well, this is where I want you, want, to, want it dropped off at, so y'all come here and everything. So they go to where this place is, where Sang is telling them where the place at. So again, Agent Russ and uh, Whitney, those are the two leads on this case. And Carter and and Lee, they come showing up. So Carter was like, no, Lee is like, I, I don't think this is right, like. Because I, I, I know saying he wouldn't be meeting in a place like this. So it's like, look, we need to tell uh, Agent Russ that, you know, something's not right about this. So it's like, yeah, yeah, come on, let's go tell him. So Carter basically hangs Lee out the dry as he goes running up there to go tell him, like, look, I, y'all, you shouldn't send your SWAT guys in there because this don't seem right. So Russ, like, how we can handle this? Well, we know what we're doing. Like, where the hell is Carter? Like, why don't you go, go, go take a back seat somewhere? So. The uh, SWAT guys go inside. They go to the uh, floor where Sang called from, and it's like, yeah, it's clear here. And then there's a phone call. Uh, SWAT dude picks up the phone, and when he picks up the phone, the room, the uh, the building explodes. Oh, uh, well, I should say that floor or the building explodes and everything. So they trying to figure out what happened. Lee, he's looking around. He finds Carter like hiding over. So he's like, where where are you and all this type of stuff and everything. So after the explosion happens. Lee, he sees Sang, who's like off down the road. So he goes chasing after him, Sang, because Sang sees him. And so he takes off running. So we get this big chase, and Sang once again finds a way to escape. Granted, it didn't hurt that Lee and Carter, who at this point still not really working together, they uh, end up calling, they basically allow Sang to get away um, in a way. Uh, so Carter, he takes, uh, Lee to go see Johnson because he picks up a, a thing that looked like something that could set off some C4. So he goes to see, well, yeah, he goes to see Johnson cause he's trying to figure out exactly what this thing is. It's like a dick, could it be a detonator or something like that? And she tells him like, yeah, it could be something about some C4. So he thinks like, oh, well, I know somebody that knows about C4 cause I arrested some, that guy. So they go see Clive and Clive reluctantly wants to help. But then Lee shows Clive uh, Sue Young's picture. It's like, look, she's just a little girl and everything. So Clive's like, all right, 
I tell you, the only thing I know about the person that might that I can tell you about the C4 is I can just give you a name and that name is Juntao, which of course that strikes a, a nerve with Lee because you know he's the infamous Juntao who he's been trying to get a he's been trying to catch for a long time. So uh now at this point is where Carter and Lee are starting to really work together, even though they haven't like fully embraced being partners, but they are now more like on the same page. And that's kind of one thing I liked about the movie is that there is, if you really pay attention to it, there's like a progression of Lee and Carter actually becoming partners. It's not that, okay, they're thrown together and they're partners, but it's like a progression. Like, yeah, we might be stuck together. We doing stuff in a different way, but as the movie progresses along, you start to see, okay, now our way of doing things are starting to line up. And I did like that about the movie, um, especially in the first one, because I say they don't know each other. So it's them kind of learning each other's styles. And you can almost say Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan also kind of learning each other's way when it comes to acting also. So I felt like there was a little bit more going on with that, too. Um so Carter and Lee, they go outside this restaurant where, you know, they think that they might be able to find Jun Tao. So they outside, they kind of getting to know each other. They talking about, you know, each other dads being cops and everything um, and stuff like that. And they singing and all this type of stuff. Just just like that acting the fool. You know, that's them kind of bonding. So Carter, he ends up going inside the restaurant undercover. He's like he basically like Eddie Murphy in a way. Um, in 48 hours where he go, I should say 48 hours and Beverly Hills Cop where he, you know, if anyone who's seen those movies, seen how Eddie Murphy would always go like he's undercover, you know, he's fast talking to people and people don't have time to really process what he's saying. So they kind of roll with it because whatever, basically it's like, well, he's fast talking. So he must be, whatever he's saying must be the truth type of thing. So that's kind of what Carter does when he goes inside this restaurant, talk about he missed the June time lawyer and everything like that. So. Carter, he sits down and wait. And one of the things that was kind of interesting, too, is that, you know, we find out exactly who June Tao is really early on in the movie. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we find out that June Tao is really uh, Consul Han's friend Griffin from back in Hong Kong. So it's the white guy, the white guy pretending to be, you know, Juntao, which everyone's just naturally assuming like okay he's asian because of the name but it's really the white guy that's the villain um and everything basically appropriating um to a degree um so we find out like i say that Juntao is really griffin um uh, so they upstairs and they're kind of looking down they see carter but then on one of the other monitors they see what leak has come in and sit at another table and Griffin, he's like, all right, I got, basically, I got to get up out of here. But uh, saying you handle this because you know who that is, so I'll let you handle this um, and everything. So uh, Griffin, well, Juntao, he basically leaves, and they had Sue Young there, and they was actually whisking her away right when uh, Carter comes up to supposed to be meeting uh, Juntao and end up getting beat up by a couple of the goons until lee comes up saves him and they get this whole standoff and then we get this big shootout and everything and and lee and carter gotta basically run up out of there 
um, and everything. But one of the things that happens in this scene too is because during the time when Su Young was kidnapped, she dropped her necklace. But some way, somehow, the one of the waitresses at this uh, restaurant ended up with the necklace. But as they run up out of Lee, he stops and snatches the necklace away from the waitress and takes it back. And basically, like, I, I'm going to get this to Su Young when she come back. So after the whole fight, Carter, he gets kicked off the case. Um, and Lee is getting sent back to Hong Kong. But uh, Carter, he goes... First, he calls Johnson, basically, like, letting it be known, like, he, he kind of screwed up and everything. Because the whole running thing up until this point in the movie is about the fact that Carter doesn't like working with partners. And he doesn't really trust too many people. Because th- there's more of a deep-rooted thing there where it's explained about his father was a cop. And his father got killed by somebody who did want to get a traffic stop and, um, and everything. So, it's kind of this whole underlying thing of why that... Carter basically has trust issues when it comes to people. So he calls Johnson and he's basically apologizing, basically like, look, I know I kind of screwed up and everything. I'm sorry, but this whole thing is bigger than me. You know, it's bigger than all of us. Um, We need to try to be, you know, try to save this little girl. So Johnson, she's going to be a part of this. Because Johnson is, is actually like a, a bomb squad expert and everything. So you kind of need somebody like that when you're dealing with people who buying freaking C4 and crap. So Lee is about to leave and go back to Hong Kong when Carter shows up at the airport, gets on the plane and talks him out of leaving. Um, so they can actually go solve this case because the FBI really don't know what the hell they're doing. So Griffin, he shows up to basically comfort his friend Han and also kind of tells him, you know, about, yeah, you, you, you definitely should you know, give Juntao his money because you don't know exactly what he's going to do. And he's more than likely is going to kill your daughter. And like knowing that Griffin is really Juntao and how he's manipulating the whole situation, it is kind of grim. And I'm, but I'm still on the fence of whether or not we should have found out that Griffin was uh, Juntao that early on. But then again, it's like, well, what would have been the perfect, opportunity to expose that like towards the end of the movie because of how everything kind of falls in place um and everything later on but um so carter lee and johnson they pull up to this big function that um consul han is going to be doing because the whole thing is like yeah it's gonna the deal is gonna go down at this uh function and everything is should be kind of still going as business as usual. You know, it just don't think is we're going to be making this big money exchange up in one of the offices upstairs. Uh, so of course, like I say, Carter Lee and Johnson, they show up, uh, Carter tells everybody to get out and Griffin. He ends up letting it be known at this point that he's really junked out and Han, not Han, but, um, um, yeah, shows that he's really junked out. Um, saying who had been pretending to be like a waiter and everything comes out with a dog on Uzi and just ready to start shooting. And we find out that Su Young is actually uh, rigged with C4 so that if anything didn't go right, all Juntao has to do is just push the button and, you know, we and there will be no more Su Young basically. So 
Uh, Carter, he runs out and he finds Sue because he actually finds Sue Young and that's being held outside in a white van because he remembered the white van from the restaurant because he actually sees it on the monitor and everything. It's the same white van that she was put into right when he goes into the office to see Griffin walking away um, and everything. So, um, Juntao and saying they kind of keep everybody inside that's left because all the other guests, they were like, peace out, we out of here. Um, so Carter, he comes crashing in with the van. They, he gets out with Sue Young and it's like, look, I got so he's like, well, if you're going to do it, you gonna, you know, might as well just, if you do it, you're going to kill us all. So go ahead, push the button. He's like, hyphen up, push the button, push the button. Then Sue Young, she started jumping in like, yeah, go ahead, push the goddamn button. He's like, you heard what she said. And which is kind of funny. Just seeing the little girl, like just yelling with this dog on C4 rig to her. And everything. So Junta, he's like, man, I ain't got time for this. Saying, uh, handle this. So Junta, he basically just walks out. And when he walks out, uh, he goes upstairs and he ends up shooting all the agents, including Agent Russ, who was gonna make the deal. So we get this whole shootout and everything going on downstairs while Johnson and Lee they pull Sue Young into the van. And Johnson has this whole thing kind of running through the movie where she is really nervous when it comes to trying to deactivate a bomb because we get to see her doing a training exercise where she panics and she gets distracted by Carter and she cuts the wrong wire and uh, training exercise is ruined by that. So here she's actually getting to do it like legit and she overcomes that fear and she actually cuts the wire to where they can take the uh, bomb off of Su Young. So Lee and no, um, Carter ends up killing, uh, saying once they get upstairs and everything. And so he's out to paint. Juntao is trying to escape and Lee is chasing him. They go up into the freaking rafters and everything. And they end up getting into it and they end up flipping off the side of the thing. And Lee is holding on for dear life. Juntao is actually holding on to him. And, he can't hold on much longer and well Lee jacket pretty much rips and he ends up falling uh to his death that is Juntao so Juntao he and I always kind of hated the way he died in a sense because it was it was really underwhelming because realistically Griffin slash Juntao isn't really a great villain I would say that the villain of the movie is almost like an afterthought because he doesn't really do anything that's great if anything, Sang is more the real villain of the movie, more so than Jun Tao. Jun Tao is a, like I say, is an afterthought. It, 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 he really doesn't do anything. Um, so Lee is holding on for dear life, um, and everything. And he's like, Carter, like I can't hold on much longer. He's like, hey, just be cool, man. So Lee ends up slipping. He ends up falling. He almost falls to a death, but Carter ends up saving him. By pulling one of the uh, one of the uh, drapes uh, things over and allowing him to slide down and fall on top of him, so they end up saving the day and everything. Um, they save Su Young. The money gets to be saved. Consul Hong gets his daughter back, so everything is good. Uh, so um, the FBI basically basically have to try to um, you know humble themselves with Carter and, 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 uh, well, Carter, especially because they try to end up recruiting Carter. Like 
Yeah, you know, you was really impressive. You know, we could use a man like you with the FBI and that badge. You know, when you come back, that badge will be waiting for you. And Carter's like, you know, y'all can take that badge and shove it up your ass because he LAPD. And so then he ended up getting on the plane. And we find out that because of the heroics that they did, Carter is actually allowed two-week vacation to go along with uh, Lee back to Hong Kong. So Lee Carter's like, yeah, I'm going to party it up. Like, I want to get some massages. Like, I want, you know, we're going to take me to these girls and everything. So, so Carter's like, well, how long is this day of flight anyway? And Lee's like, I don't know, like 15 hours. Like, what the hell are we going to do for 15 hours? So Lee starts singing the, the war song of, what is in the war? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Oh, and Carter just started flipping out. Like, man, get, let me, put me in another seat and everything. And that's how the movie ends. Um, Rush Hour actually moves really fast. Uh, it there isn't really a lot of down moments. It really gets to the point. It really gets in and gets out. That's one thing I kind of forgot about the movie because the movie's only an hour and thirty five minutes. And it's a fast moving hour and 35 minutes. Um, I don't know why I would you think the movie is like two hours long, but it's really just an hour and a half. Uh, and like I said, it's a fast moving uh, hour and a half movie. Uh, if I had to rate the movie, I would say that I would give it, I would give it a solid four out of five. Um, it's probably one of my favorites of Jackie Chan and also Chris Tucker. Uh, it's funny. This movie comes doing what I like to refer to as Chris, Ruck, Chris Tucker's run uh, in the, in the nineties. This was part of his like big run. And this was the movie that really took him to that next level. Um, cause of course we know what he did with Friday. Uh, the fifth element is the fifth element. Uh, I don't know if I ever do that movie, but, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, stuff regarding Chris Tucker when it came to the fifth element, but Rush Hour is the movie that really put him into that next, you know, stratosphere, basically. Jackie Chan, I mean, Jackie Chan is Jackie Chan. Um, he, he does a lot in this movie, but even though this is his movie, because it does begin and end with him in a, in a way, but... Chris Tucker, his charisma kind of outshines Jackie to a degree um, in certain points. Um, well, I should say a lot of points in this movie. But they do get, bo- both of them do get their time to shine in this movie. So that is one great thing about it um, and everything. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to pick the movie. Because it's 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 a it's an action comedy movie. And let's say, you just want to have fun with it. Um, is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this movie and kick off May action with this. Um, if I had to have a favorite character, uh, I mean, the movie is basically about Lee and Carter. So, in a way, they are my favorite characters of this movie. But I would also have to add that Sue Young, even though she doesn't have a lot of screen time, but the screen time that she does great, the girl, the little girl is great, um, in this movie as well. So, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, it's good to be back, uh, behind the microphone. Like I said again, um, like I said, all this month hopefully goes a lot better than what happened with April. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes life gets in the way of things. And yeah, so that's why I wasn't able to complete April the way I wanted, but hopefully everything will go smooth this month for May action month. 
Jackie Chan month. Um, so that is all for this episode. I want to thank everybody for listening as always. Um, you can find me, of course, on the Twitter, either at the movie Twitter, uh, which is J Movie Talk, on my personal page, The J Giles, also on Instagram at JMT Podcast, on my personal page, The J Giles, on Instagram also. Of course, you can find Movie Talk, a part of the TV Zone Podcast Network. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can, um, you just type in TV Zone Podcast Network and you find Movie Talk and just check out all the episodes like that. I will be back for episode 285 where I will be talking, um, let's see, which, because I do have a list here. I, I always have, I kind of plan everything out. Um, let's see, which Jackie Chan movie do I want to do next? I think I will do, I think I'll do Rumble in the Bronx next. Yeah, so that'll be episode 285 when I return. Rumble in the Bronx will be the episode that I do. Once again, thank you guys for listening. I will check you next time. Peace.